I'm going to open with John 16, 13. Get, Renee, you want to read that for me? Huh? Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to wait then. I was hoping Vivian and Margaret would come, but this weather sure does slow people down a little. We had a great uh, minister's retreat over the weekend. Um, they had the Brother Wilson, who is the president of the... Um, Texas Bible College in Houston was with us. And I really, I was very impressed with him. He, he, he didn't um, just have all organized notes. Everything, he, each point he made was from a story. It was really neat. And it was, uh, um, I thought it was really a great presentation he did. Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad y'all are here today. I was starting to think everybody hated my guts and they abandoned me, <laughs> but it's not really true. There's a good man. Morning, Megan. How are you today? I'm going to turn your attention this morning to John chapter 16, verse 13, familiar place, and um, great to have you. As always, feel free to comment or make comments, and um, my interest is to, I really feel like this is a great lesson to learn. I hope it'll be meaningful, and it, or at least I got a lot of it as, as we were preparing it. All right, the Bible says, How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, <clears throat> he will guide you into all truth. <clears throat> For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to talk to you today about the school of the spirit. In case you didn't know it today. I, I don't really have a Bible verse that has school of the Spirit in it, but it's my um, illustration I'm using today to help us to realize that God um, is doing different things in our life to bring us to where we can receive his word. Jesus said that when we would receive the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit of truth would guide us in all truth. There's not more truth today, but there is the understanding of truth in our life. And so that's what our lesson is about today, is that we want God to continue to help us to understand his incredible word, his purpose, his plan, and how it, how it unfolds in our life, not just that we feel like this is the big picture in the world, in the United States or whatever. All right? Um, and then in John chapter 14, 17... Uh, Susie, you want to read that one for me? And Renee, I'll get you to do John 15, 26. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Okay, interesting. 
as I read these lessons, these scriptures, based on this lesson perception I'm building right now, um, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Jesus wasn't talking about his, his vessel, his body, his flesh. He was talking about the revelation of who he was and how he would impact the world around us. We, we can know him because we can see him because his word is alive in our lives. Amen? But he knoweth him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Um, when, when we begin our life and our walk with Jesus Christ, one of the first things that really we learn, I don't know if it's always a, uh, if it's a actual point on an outline or not, but we, we perceive it in our lives that we know very little about the Spirit of God. It's like a whole new realm. It's literally the scuba diver who finally puts that mouthpiece on and takes his air tanks and goes below the surface of water that he's always known and seen and thought he perceived. And now all of a sudden he can enter into the depths and the riches of the deep waters of, of, of God's oceans and lakes. And now he can see things that he could never have perceived before. And that's what the Spirit was given to us for, is in order that it will help us to be able to see our lives, our situations, the things that we're facing in such a better manner, better, better way. We always think about God's will and purposes as only the big picture. But I, I'm trying to bring this lesson down to you today, that God has a school of learning in your life today so that you will see his spirit working in your life not just in what he's doing in, in this church or that church or around the world. Amen? We realize how much of the information we have trusted in, uh, in our early days, we, we, we begin to see that much of what I know has is, is been merely what I learned through tradition, through my grandma or grandpa or, or parents, and, um, or through what culture says and our society says about religion about god about pastors we have to break through all of that don't we in order to actually come to the place where the spirit can reveal itself in our life let's pray right now and ask the lord lord jesus i pray that you would truly unlock our understanding today lord we we know these things you you've given us your word where we are rich in your word in your spirit but I pray that today you would help us to perceive its application and its usage in our life. Lord, I pray that you give us, Lord, a greater understanding today, that we'd praise and worship you and we would give you thanks. And Lord, we'd truly be the people of God that you want us to be. Now, Lord, I pray that you bless each of us today and that your word become, would come alive in us. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right, so... Just like an infant, all of its days of life up until now have been in its mother's womb, right? It's, it's been a watery life in that, in that place of, of water, right? And all of a sudden, they are born in this world. They, the, the doctor helps them to breathe their first breath. And all of a sudden, their life changes 
and everything becomes new. And you have to realize this morning that that truly is what God wants us to perceive that when his spirit came into our life, it was a change of everything, of how we live, how we breathe, how we understand, how we relate, how we communicate. Amen. All of life becomes a learning experience when you begin to realize the value of why God placed his spirit in you and not just around you. The Holy Ghost was meant to be life-changing. It was never God making you do anything. It was always God enabling you to do things. God wants you to be able to make choices today that will one day, many years ago, you fell into that pit over and over and over again because you were consumed with the lust of your flesh and, and these things. But when the Spirit came, God gave you a new choice. He gave you a new avenue. He gave you a new way, amen, to live life. So life is something, something that has never been experienced before. If you could realize and think about that today, that today, the rest of today, you have never experienced this before. You may think that, ah, oh, just another day, waiting to retire, right? But, but there's so much more to this when you begin to realize that God said, today, if, if you would be willing to call today the day of salvation, you have to realize that that's not always just saving me so I can go to heaven, but, but it's the process of knowing him in a greater measure. Paul, the apostle, could possibly say, oh, that I might know him. What a revelation today to realize that the Spirit wants to make your walk with God fresh today, not just rely on yesterday, right. not just the, the traditions that your family has done, not just the, your, your parents and grandparents that have lived for God and shown you the way, but today God wants to move in your life. A Christian is always learning. It's not the Bible on the coffee stand. That's not the way God wants us to perceive his word. For his words are life, the Bible says. They are, they are to live for and to die for today. They are everything. They are truly the plug in the wall that if we ever want to, we could take the spirit of God that God has placed in our life and plug into that power and resource and all of a sudden have a new life that was never known before before. God's word is ever unfolding in your life. Life of the Spirit is constantly changing in your life. We've got some things down when someone speaks in tongues in the church and someone follows with, with interpretation. We, we know what we're supposed to do. We know we're supposed to honor that and consider and, and yield our, our thoughts to that and, and submit ourselves to it. But can I tell you today that the Holy Ghost is in your life today to, to bring these things to your awareness. It's one thing for God's Word to be in your life. Thank God for every verse you've memorized. Thank God for every verse that has been meaningful in your life. But can I tell you today 
that God wants to keep enlightening you. He wants the Word of God to keep coming alive like you never saw it before. That's why church is so exciting in Chelsea, Oklahoma. Right. Not that there aren't better churches around, there are. Not that there aren't, aren't greater programs around, there are. But oh, when we finally come with the right reason, this becomes a house of power. Because, amen, God says, today I can do a new thing in your life. It's never about situation ethics. It's never about, well, I've been in this dilemma before. But it's realizing today that God uses the things that we face in life, the good and the bad and the ugly, the times we were hurt and the times that we are successful, the times of our victories, but probably even more so the times of our defeats. God has us in places where all of a sudden his word can be a lamp under my feet and a light unto my path. All of a sudden it's not just a verse that I learned when I was in Sunday school, but now it becomes valuable to me. Let's uh, read, um, uh, Megan, are you up to one? First yeah. Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. Second, First Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. <laughs> Praise God. God knows what he's doing, folks. He knows how to make us and, and shape us and form us. Praise the Lord. What we are learning now is dependent upon what we have already received of the Lord. We don't go from point A to point F. But every one of us in our spiritual life are going from point A to point B to point C. We are, we are in this school of learning today. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter what we've seen in Pentecost. It doesn't matter how many generations of our family have been living for God. None of that matters. What matters is God is building on what he is doing in your life. And so the good news today is, is that every time you make a move in the Holy Ghost, you obey God, you, you receive the word. All of a sudden, there's, there, there is an awakening of God that we see something clearly. God could pull back that curtain of, uh, of all the things of this world and all of a sudden give us a glimpse of something that he is doing behind the scenes. And oh, it makes life so much easier to face when we know that God is for us. Fourth thing I want you to do is do not, we do not inherently know the things of God. We, we don't receive them because of our genealogy, because of our education, because of our position in the church, because of our abilities. 
we don't receive anything in the spirit except we are going through the school of the spirit and developing our lives. That's powerful to me to realize today that that don't climb the ladder of success by simply nailing the guy ahead of you with a knife. That's not that's not right, is it? No, God has called us to be able to to develop. You you have to start as a Jacob. You may be a deceiver. You may be deceitful. You may be, be a manipulator. But God has a plan to make you and turn you into Israel. And he did it through Jacob's step-by-step things he went through in his life. You can go to Bible school. And I'm not, I'm being careful because I'm not trying to be ugly about Bible school. But, but still, you will not... By you know, uh, somehow missteps of development in the spirit. Now, hopefully, Bible school gives you a chance to to uh, be able to be exposed to them maybe sooner. But you will, you will take the same class. Amen. The things of God, every one of them. I can I can preach to you a verse of scripture today, but until until we go back to John 16 and realize when he the Spirit of Truth has come, he will guide you into some of the truths. No, into all truth. We don't bypass God's plan today in our life. And oh, I believe that the sooner we are readily willing to receive God's plan. God, whatever you have to do in order for me to receive this revelation, let it happen. Success in Christianity today is not having fewer problems. That's not true. Oh. We learn these things by having this communication with God's Spirit. Prayer, you, you cannot know the value and the power of prayer, not only because I know I'm supposed to pray. If I could get beyond that for just a moment and talk to you about the fact that in those times, whether you have words, whether it's some fresh thought, if it's a fresh need or not, somehow God is learning to communicate His Spirit with ours. And we are becoming valuable in the kingdom of God. <coughs> As a man, Jesus was a mighty teacher. John, uh, uh, Susie, you ready? John seven forty six. Talk about Jesus. We never heard anyone speak like this. Same scroll. And Jesus could pick it up and he could say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. What, what's the lesson that Jesus would teach us about his ability to be able to change people? We talk about how people know there's something about us and, 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 and that's wonderful, that's true. But can I bring it even to a more greater uh, 
point of focus, and that is they know that we have something because of our relationship with God, how that we are working and moving in the Spirit. Amen. Jesus taught the multitudes. He taught disciples. He taught individuals. Some called him rabbi, teacher. But the people recognized that he taught differently than the other religious leaders. What was it that he did? What, what was it? Was it? Are we going to just say and, and blatantly just use a, a rubber stamp and say, well, obviously Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. Or can we look at today that whatever happened in Jesus' flesh was for our admonition, for our learning how Jesus operated in the flesh by the Spirit, and so should we. Amen. Um, um, Renee, Matthew 7, 28 and 29. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Oh. Isn't it incredible to be around the author of the book? Yeah. Oh, I may have read the book. My brother, Chris Erickson, has written a book. It will never be published. <laughs> but I mean, it is. He, it, it was so scholarly done. It, uh, he has all of his T's crossed and his eyes dotted. And, um, and I... I do my best to try to read it. I really am. I'm not through it yet, but I am trying to read it. But I mean, it's so, just be honest with you, it's light years above my, the way I operate or move. <laughs> I, I hope that. But, but when I get around Chris, and he's coming here in, in March, I, I, am, I thoroughly enjoy Brother Scott being with him because he could take just a thought out of that book. I don't need to know the whole book. Just give me understanding. Help me to comprehend here. And, and all of a sudden, he can say things to me that will help, and he may use several thoughts along the way, and he builds them all into one paragraph for me, and all of a sudden, I, I perceive something. Oh, I thank God. Can you imagine Jesus, when he spoke, was the author of that book? He had, he had authority, didn't he? Because he knew not only what was in the scriptures, but he knew why they were put in there. Amen. Our lesson we have to learn today is how we appreciate the words he gave us by or because of the things that we're going through. The word of God has to take life and meaning because of my need and because of my circumstances. Amen. Jesus also taught as an eyewitness. Have you thought about this? Everybody doing okay? Am I killing you? No. Y'all doing all right? We're still here. Okay. He taught as an eyewitness. He, he was a participant. He also was flesh. Right. He, he understood the weakness of man. 
He understood the needs. He understood relationship and failures. He saw a new success and he saw all the perversions that are out there of, of claiming victory and success when really we failed. Jesus was a participant. He was the resident of a spiritual kingdom. So he came to earth. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. How did he approach people? He was part of them, and yet he knew he came from another kingdom. And he wants us to operate that way also. Not to just say, well, I'll never know the things of God until I finally get to heaven. Wrong. You can know the things of God far more meaningfully right here and now as you apply your need, your problems, your issues with the word of God. He expounded what he knew, not just what he had lived, not just what he read. Uh, the minister this weekend talked about, his father told him that some men preached beyond their, their uh, abilities. And he said, he said, for a very few, he said that was a compliment. He said most of the times, though, he wasn't. He was saying they'd simply gotten somebody else's message and preached it. And when that happens, um, for, for me to, I, I'll do a lesson on human skin, and it's an incredible lesson, but I mean, I got it from a book, and I got it from a doctor who knows all the layers of skin and its, and its benefits, and it's in great information, as long as I'm not pretending to you and telling you I know all this. <laughs> I'm referencing it. But Jesus, when he spoke, he spoke of stuff he knew. <laughs> Amen. Aren't you glad about our God? He, he is an on-time God. It wasn't merely what he thought. He didn't tell us his opinion. He gave us the word, and he told us how that word applied. We are going to be more and more successful as Christians as we apply God's word right where we are. Right when we're talking to a person, say, I believe that's what the Lord meant when he said X, Y, Z, whatever it was. He was not a, 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 a man who was practiced and known for his theology. But he was a man who was an expert teacher who taught out of a personal experience. These are the things I think Jesus wants us to know today. I think he wants us to realize not only that I'm in the school of the Spirit, I'm learning, but that everyone I talk to is also in the school of the Spirit. And God has allowed me to help them. It's not all my knowledge, but it's what I perceive and understand, how that God is of a truth revealing his word through their needs. Amen. Uh, uh, Mega, John 14, 25 and 26. Mega's not here. Mila, you okay? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, John 14, 25 and 26. Stephen, are you also okay reading? Yeah. Okay, okay. These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. There it is. That's what the Holy Ghost is all about. He's taken the, the written word and he's taken these things, but he's, he's put them in your life today so that you can perceive and know and understand. God wants to have a transformation in your life and mine from flesh to spirit. Now we're not talking about leaving this body yet. We're talking about while in this body, we allow ourselves to be led of the spirit. Amen? Um, from the day of Pentecost until the very end, whatever, of our life, the church will be in the school of the Spirit. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, no matter how far from church you are, you have to realize today God is working a work in your life. He is for you. He's doing this because He loves you. That next word you perceive and, and are so thrilled over, it's because it became real to you in your life. Amen. Always. Amen. Um, the teacher, the, Jesus said that the teacher is within us today. Not, near, not merely among us, but he, the spirit of truth, is dwelling in us for this reason. Amen. So let's talk about the classroom for just a moment today. The tools and methods that the Lord uses and that are what we look at as issues and problems of life. Um, first off, let's talk about the atmosphere of the classroom. All instruction occurs in the spirit of a man in his heart. The heart being the central being, not the muscle here, but being the focus, the center piece of all that I am. Amen. That's where God's word wants to be revealed in your life. It's right where your path is, where your thoughts are, where your attitudes are, where your desires are, where your relationships are. Yeah. Praise the Lord. There has to be settings that are conducive to learning. God has to put us in places where we are able to receive what we need to receive. Right? Our circumstances, therefore, become the needed walls to focus our attention. When Elaine and I first left the business world, Marriott, and, and went to uh, go to Springfield, Ohio to be an assistant to John around the woods. And they had an ACE, Accelerated Christian Education School there, uh, which is the old process of a pace, and you go through those. And Elaine and I did that for two years. We were the, uh, the supervisors for the classroom. I had the older kids, Elaine had the younger kids. And we had two rooms, one beside each other. We had about 24 kids there total in the, for the year. And, uh, and you know, you, you go they, through all the goal setting and everything, so they would have, they would know what they were gonna do tomorrow, and they had a plan, uh, but but they had each student had their own little walls, front with a gold card there, their paces, everything orderly, and and that was their world. Why? 
because it really cut down on a lot of junk that was going on in the classroom. And when a student would come and, and they would have oh, permission, they would leave their, their little, uh, um, I forget what it was called. Cubicle. Cubicle, thank you. And, and uh, they would come over and ask the supervisor a question. Uh, it wasn't anybody else's business. They were, they were to keep on doing what they were doing. We had to remind them that several times. <laughs> uh, Moses didn't learn much in his life until he was restricted on the backside of the desert and he became a shepherd watching sheep in some of the most horrible conditions. That's where God chose to teach him. Isn't that interesting? Wasn't it Pharaoh's house? No. Wasn't among the astrologers and, and incredible sciences of that day? Nope. Was it around his family? Nope. Ah. Oh. God had to move him into a place where he would be able to receive the word of God. Amen. Sometimes quietness and loneliness are, are for us, not against us. There, Moses was able to let go of Egypt and all of its options and all of its benefits and all of its seeming advances of, of technology of that day. There, he could walk away from his heritage and he could walk away from the culture of that day of what other people thought. And there, he was able to hear the voice of God and that's when he was able to see the burning bush. You gotta realize today, some of these stories are in the Word of God, aren't there? Just in happenstance. It's a picture of how God gets us to a place where we are able to receive and have direction for our life. Amen. Israel didn't learn much um, until she was brought into the wilderness. Well, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 2 that it should have only taken 11 days to cross that territory to go into the Promised Land. But it took them 40 years. Now the 40 years wasn't how long it took for them to learn. Well, maybe it was. But it was 40 years of how long it took them to, to get past the penalty of, of not putting God first and listening but following everything else that was around them. Forced into dependency upon God. Food, clothing, protection, safety. God provided everything so that they would be able to focus their lives on what God wanted them to have and know. <laughs> David learned some of the ways of God on the hillside tending his father's sheep. And then he learned many more things of the secrets of God in the caves and when he was running from Saul and, he was, and when he was looked upon as one who was contrary to the kingdom. Just things to think about today. A little bit more. Are you all okay for seven more minutes? Okay. Saul of Tarsus was driven into the Arabian desert. 
Why? Because God had some things he wanted to teach him. Paul already received the knowledge of God, the apostles, and what the plan of God was, even before the other apostles ever came to him and began to interact with him. You see, the desert is not the important thing, but the setting must afford us some place where we can be secluded and separated from all the pressures, anxieties, and responsibilities of life and be able to focus. Brother <coughs> Stevens told us here sometime back in one of his lessons that, that God broke one of the limbs of his body when he thought he had everything under control and figured out. Good job, good life, good house. And all of a sudden he was without income. He wasn't able to work like he normally does. What did he have to learn? He had to learn that God would take care of him. Right. He had to find out that in those times, not only that God would take care of him, but that the Lord was wanting to put some things into him. He wanted the word of God to become alive in his life. Over attention to the things of life, when we give too much attention to those things, often God is not able to speak to us like he wants to. Sometimes our problems are some of our best friends. Because right. that secludes us, that separates us. First we sing our story of wah, wah, wah. Nobody loves me, everybody hates me. I guess I'm gonna go eat worms, right? Yeah. But eventually, somehow God is able to get involved. And he begins to speak to us. Why? Because God has a plan for our life today. As a pastor, I can assure you that I cannot teach those things to those who are absent. Neither can the Spirit teach the mind of Christ when their thoughts are on constantly on other things. So somehow, thank God for a church on Sunday mornings that to some degree, at least every Sunday you come here and you are willing to receive. It's like you can set down your, your workplace, your duties, all the stuff you got to get done, hopefully your financial struggles, and you're able to come and you're able to say, God, talk to me. Amen. You have to realize today that's the plan of God. The school of the Spirit has to include where you're at and the atmosphere by which you can, you're able to receive God's Word. Jobs, recreation, amusements, those things are, are great in their place. But, you, but seldom can you do that and receive what God wants you to receive. I've heard people tell me they can go out in the forest and see God's creation. I don't, I don't disagree. It's incredible wherever I am to, to see what God has done and made. But if you're talking about learning and having your eyes opened and your heart to sing forth praise and to realize that God of a truth is working in your life and speaking to you, it's going to be when you are put in the place where you are able to turn away from everything. Amen. 
The Bible says that Moses had to say no to Egypt before he could ever say yes to God. Truly. Amen. Meditation, prayer, worship, reading the Bible will get us from kindergarten to higher learning in the school of the Spirit. But still, it's going to be God's Spirit that has got to bring your awareness, the revelation of His Word to your life. Amen. So let me just wrap this up. Tools, God always brings tools with Him to help me to receive in the classroom. The Word of God is God's textbook, I suppose. But this is what Psalms 138 to uh, Stephen, will you read that? Psalms 138 2. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy, thy truth, for thou hast magnified the word above, above, above all thy name. Amen. This will always be the basis for instruction. We have to be studied. We have to sing and, and give God praise. We have to memorize his word and apply. But, but it's the spirit that wants to apply what you have received. It's not how many people can quote, how many verses you can quote today. But, but begin to tell me about how something was meaningful this week in your life. And it will be a Holy Ghost filled testimony. Right. Amen. Preaching the word. Pastors and teachers are called to be apt to teach. Saints are to exhort one another daily. There's always these things that bring about the Word of God, but it will always be the Spirit that brings it home today. His voice has got to illuminate that text. He corrects our misunderstandings, and he inquires and inspires us to search the Scriptures further. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14.31. Megan, will you read that one? 1 Corinthians 14.31. 1 Corinthians. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. Comforted. Did I do that right? Yeah. 14. The gifts of the Spirit are another tool God uses. Those gifts come through divine revelation, through the Spirit speaking. It's not something I have. It's just at the time I was available and God allowed me to be used. Amen. He instructs. We, we, we learn through association. Every time we're faithful to God, every time we're involved in the kingdom of God, I believe it's just another avenue whereby God can speak to us. And we experience these things by the Spirit giving life to us. Um, Susie, read Hebrews 5 and 8. Renee, get Luke 10 and 17. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Yeah. Jesus as a flesh, as a fleshly man. 
he, he had to learn things through the things that life he went through. Amen. And then um, suffering and success. Not very often does God speak to me about my successes <laughs> because I usually have taken those and, and, uh, and ruined them because I thought it was me. But, but oh, he does know how to speak to me through my failings and through my disappointments and through the things that bring problems or, or, or have been problems in my life. Luke 10 and 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Right. So in conclusion today, the school of spirit is not an elective. <laughs> it is required in every Christian's life. Rest assured. We don't enroll but God enrolls us. And, and even after we have our initial conversion, the rest of our life, God gave us that life so that we can learn and we can grow and we can know him in a greater way. The pace of learning is always up to us. How much are you allowing the things of God to, to interact in your life? Is church only on Sundays and Wednesdays? Or are you able to include the Lord through prayer and Bible reading and then entering into your day with a confidence that you already prayed about today and you're trusting God is going to bring it to pass? We determine the level that we will achieve based on our willingness to submit ourselves to obedience, submit ourselves to receiving and doing what God wants us to do. There are no failures in the school of the Spirit. There are some that may be more advanced than others, but that's not right or wrong. It's not because of their genealogy, their traditions, their, their power, their money, their education. It's because I, from what I learned yesterday, will allow me to take a step today. And so we are in this pacing of ourselves, growing in God. And, and realize today that's a wonderful place. We simply take the course over and over again until we finally learn some lessons God wants us to learn. That's not because he's mad at you. It's because it's necessary to learn this so that you can continue on and go farther. We finally learn what the Spirit desires to teach or else we become um, dropouts. And God doesn't want any dropouts in the school of, of the Spirit. God wants us to be able to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But oh, I'm telling you, every one of these stories in the Word of God can become revealed. Amen. We were doing a Bible study recently with Vivian and Margaret, and they wanted me to teach, well, I'd already done a lesson of the overview of, of Samuel, 2 Samuel. <clears throat> so I wasn't really totally sure about what they were wanting, um, what they were expecting, but they there are so many stories in these Bibles, in these, in these books. And so I just started going and following my overview of the, of, the, of, the, of the chapters. And I started just talking about some of the stories of, of different ones that were there and lessons that were gleaned. And I think that all of us in the room that day got more out of that Bible study because we were applying truth to our lives. It wasn't just good information. Amen.
So any, what do you think? Thoughts? Any comments? Any more verses you want to add to this? Experiences? I have found that he takes us, we don't make it past the first time, he takes us back through a second time. And uh, I don't know about everybody else, sometimes I'm a pretty slow learner, and it took me a few years to figure out what he really wanted me to, how I needed to act. And uh, Yes, sir. Uh, and through that all you learn that it, uh, you don't have to get bent out of shape of everything that comes along. Oh, and, good point. Uh, it'll pass in due time. Amen. Very good. I did pass, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next one. Until the new one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Where the Lord's trying to bring me through something, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and I'm telling you. I get it. You just get yourself at odds with everything when you don't want to do it. But guess what? When you get through it, it's all right. Yes. Yeah. It's just a huge, sometimes those lessons can be hard against. Um, if you want to make it hard, if you want to make it easier. Amen. Very good. So what else today? Talking about God putting me on the quiet place. Watch out. Help me focus. Psalms 23 and 2. My heart maketh me lie down in green pastures. Yeah. And he even took Jesus aside into a quiet place in the wilderness. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we can't escape that. He meant it for our good. That's, I think, what the bottom line of the lesson is today. If you could ever see all the things you're going through as just the circumstances that God sets up so that we can receive his word in our life. That it makes it a little bit easier, as Brother Stephen said, to be able to face those things. As you ever come to the realization that, that success in living for God does not mean fewer problems. It does not mean less troubles. It does not mean that the sky is blue more often. On the contrary, that's not true, is it? <laughs> it's comforting to me that um, the Israelites took 13, around 1,300 times as long as necessary. Oh, and good. they still had success. And so 1,300 times. Yeah. That's a lot of over and over and over again. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Probably not thirteen Something that the Lord's been bringing to me lately is that I need to keep him in the correct place. In my life, I was reading in Isaiah here a few weeks ago when it says he saw one <clears throat> on the throne. He's praying to build a temple. He was high and lifted up. He said, Oh, I'm a wretched man, my thin lips. 
and then he took a coal fire from the altar and, and he was cleansed. And then we see, so, you know, and Isaiah was already a man of God at that point. He was already a prophet of God. But then you see John, almost the same thing in Revelations. Yes. He saw one on the throne. He fell down like he was dead. You know? And i got to realize that no matter where I'm at, I walk with God. God's still far above me. You know, John had John done miracles. The Bible, we just read the verse that they came back and said even the devils were subject to them. Amen. But, you know, it's like i got to realize and where God's at. I can't get above myself, in other words, I guess. Well, it's a sad story of people that walk away from God. Many, many times the, the story is somewhat similar and that they begin to cut things out of their life that they used to do faithfully. And um, why? Because we... We need um, these applications to, uh, whereby God's Word is touching our life in many facets of our life. And, um, and I, I, I want to make this church available that we have things to do, not to wear out the saints, but to be able to have um, where we are learning our daily prayer meeting with God and we're learning to have Bible study on our own searching something out and um, you know you should be challenged this week take and look up something in the Bible and search it out and um, maybe we could have you tell us something you learned this week above and beyond uh, my Bible reading I need to search the scriptures and find out what the word of God says Amen. Anyone else? Those great, great thoughts today. Appreciate it. I'm encouraged that God doesn't give up on us. Amen. He is so patient. It helps me not give up on others. Not give up on myself. Not give up on others. And God has such patience. And we're created in His image. Excellent. The man yesterday in our ministry street said, he said, well, let me ask you a question. He said, how do you handle, how do you deal with anxiety in your life? Frustration. And um, he was going around the room trying to ask people, and of course no one was really willing to stick their neck out. But um, I had written down that if I can ever, if I can go ever back to wherever I am, but in my moment with the Lord in prayer, and I can have the, re the cleansing of the word, the refreshing of God's purpose in my life, oftentimes it will allow me I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm far, so far from it. But I'm saying that I found that to help me to be able to readjust the scale on what priorities are, what's important here, um, 
you know, am I, am I wrapping myself up in something that's trivial? Am I getting mad over something I shouldn't? And it allows me to rebalance the scale of, of importance. And, um, and, and it allows me to say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm called to be about a part of God's plan. And that's the most important thing today. And then I can go back and look at this thing and reassess what I need to do to fix it. Yeah, very good. Well, I hope I didn't take y'all too long today. Everybody did okay? Everybody alive? She is. Yeah. Sister Betty, thank you so much for those cookies. Absolutely delicious. Let's go over and have church today, y'all. I'm sorry we have so many different things happening that people are gone today. But um, they, they are not here because they have things they had to take care of. They haven't, they haven't walked away from us. They're good people. And um, so we, all the responsibility is on our shoulders today to worship God correctly. Amen. So let's go have a great service.